Hi, and welcome to The Student Sums It Up. I'm Maggie McNamara. And I'm Sam Spratford. And every week, we give you the lowdown on Amherst College's latest news, conveniently packaged for your busy schedule. Today, December 1st, we'll be discussing student experiences in quarantine and the ongoing debate over the value of maintaining a remote learning option. First, we're going to sit down with Kayla McQuilkin, who is an assistant news editor, to discuss some student experiences in quarantine this semester. Hi, Kaylin. Hello. Kaylin, could you just tell us a little bit about the general feeling that students have had in quarantine this semester? For sure. So I think the interviews in the article really showed a wide range of feelings about quarantine. There isn't really one way to sum it up. Some students felt pretty satisfied with their experience and the way that the college supported them with resources such as giving them activities to do and having people there to check up check up on them at any time. Um, other students were more frustrated with the experience, saying that it really made them get behind on like courses and academics and they felt very left out and isolated socially. Yeah, and that was my main concern, you know, because opposed to opposed to last semester where essentially everything was remote, classes included, um, most things are back in person this semester. Um, and I was just wondering, how did class classes work now that there wasn't necessarily a remote option for those who are in quarantine? Yeah, so for this, students reported different things based on different classes and professors as well. And some said that their professors let them zoom into the class, which was a lot more effective in helping people stay caught up. Um, And others said one student reported that a professor just continued to tell them that they should get notes from one of their friends so that they could catch up. So people definitely had different experiences, I think, probably based on the format of the class and things like that. Were the students that were able to go home did they generally have more positive reviews than the students that stayed in the roadway in, or was it a mixed bag? It was a mixed bag for sure. I think the main student who had a positive experience and gave a lot of quotes to the student was staying at the roadway in, and some of the students who were able to go back home had some struggles with Zoom and professors, so it definitely yeah, didn't directly correlate to who was able to go home. Um, and maybe we we kind of skipped over the most obvious question, but could you just give us a description of the experiences of the students that you were able to talk to? Um, you know, what was the quarantine protocol like for each of them? Yeah, so the student was able to talk to Christian Powers from the class of 2023. He was a student who was able to travel home because he lives close by. Um, and then also Ella Peterson from the class of 2022. She stayed in the roadway in. Um, And although she does live close by, she said that it wouldn't have worked out for her family since her two parents had to go to work. So um, Ella Peterson explained that the first thing that happened for her was that she got a call from the dean telling her that she needed to return to her room as soon as she could. And then quickly after that, she was transported to the roadway inn. So students either have the choice to stay at the roadway inn or they can go back home if that works out. Students at the Roadway Inn have an attendant who can come to them for help with anything that they might need. Um, And some students explained that this included anything from yoga mats to puzzles. And then also students who were in the Roadway Inn had access to resources from the health center, including the one student who, Ella Peterson, who did 
develop symptoms um the the health center sent a nurse to go check in on her and like check up on her and see how she was doing they were delivered meals every day but students weren't allowed to go outside further than the parking lot in the roadway in so they were able to go outside and get fresh air but after one student who were preferred to remain anonymous asked if they could go on a run outside the parking lot the college said no so that was definitely one thing that brought up some frustration for students um I have one more question about just like the logistics of this quarantine. How do they determine when it's time for somebody to return to campus? Or how long was maybe the average stay in quarantine of those who you talked to? Um, Yeah, so the average stay was 10 days due to the state mandate for quarantine. Um, Some students expressed frustration that they felt that they had received a false positive test and that even after doing three PCR and rapid tests for one, for one student, or maybe more than three, that came back negative, they still had to stay due to those guidelines. Um, and so not many, a lot of the students who did test positive for COVID weren't exhibiting symptoms. And so they were frustrated that there was that 10-day regulation. But yeah, the college did that because that's in line with the state. And it probably has something to do with the transmit, like the, the ability for the, yeah, the transmissibility of the disease right and that's what dr emily jones responded saying that oftentimes people who are vaccinated can contract covid and then get it out of their immune system really quickly because of the vaccine so it makes sense that someone could test positive and then negative but it doesn't necessarily mean that it was a false positive always thank you so much kaylin thank you Now we're sitting down with assistant news editor Tana Delalio to talk about some student concerns with the removal of the option for remote learning. Yeah, could you just, um, maybe where did this complaint originate? So two weeks into the fall semester, Julissa Fernandez sent an email to her class dean, senior associate dean of students, um, Chari Boykin East, requesting to switch to remote learning. In her request, she cited experiencing mental and emotional strain from being on campus, as well as financial difficulties. And as a first-generation low-income student, she explained that she supports herself and her family, and being on campus had hindered her job opportunities and earning potential. And she also stated that taking a semester off would not be an option for her. Um, And she was not allowed to do that. What reasoning did they give behind not allowing the remote option? So according to provost and dean of the faculty, Catherine Epstein, the college is not allowing remote learning this year because personal interactions in the classroom and experiencing residential life are crucial for its educational mission. Um, So Epstein said, if faculty members need to provide remote instruction to a small number of students, that alters the character of the class. Um, And she said that once a class is hybrid, instructors have fundamentally changed the classroom experience and potentially compromised the education of all the other students in the class. And she also noted that this can pose challenges for faculty members because it's an undue burden. So then my question would be, obviously Fernandez had some really tangible concerns about in-person learning. So 
obviously, if the college doesn't want to accommodate the remote learning option, do they have any other solutions or remedies in place for Fernandez or maybe other students like her um, who do seek or, or who do experience difficulties with in-person learning? Uh, no. <laughs> There's nothing of that kind in this article. Well, some of the professors actually also believe that remote learning should be offered for students who need it regarding of the teaching difficulties that arise. James E. Austin Dart, professor of English, said, Remote learning can be inconvenient, but for any decent teacher on this faculty, meeting the actual needs of students is the primary commitment of their teaching. So... Going forward, hopefully the school will come up with a better solution, students hope, but it's not sure if they will. Did um, Julissa go to any of her professors? Were they supportive at all of this decision? So Fernandez reported that she did not get the help she needed until late October. After meeting with the Counseling Center and the Office of Accessibility Services about her struggles, she received counseling, um, some more assistance communicating with the school's administration, and the full amount of accommodations that accommodations she could get. As a result, she's been approved to live off campus and granted more excused absences, but she's still not able to do remote learning. The administration is obviously against remote learning on kind of like pedagogical grounds, like what Amherst stands for. Um, is there any dissent within the faculty about this? Um, professor in Asian Studies, Vanessa Fong, commented that in placing limitations on remote learning and teaching, the college is depriving faculty and students of a valuable way to improve accessibility, morale, and mental and physical health and safety. And she also posited that the administration is discounting the quality of education that can be offered remotely. Thank you so much, Tana, for speaking with us. Thank you. Special thanks to the team at The Student, including Becca Picciotto, Ryan Yu, Sophie Walmer, Lynn Lee, Tana Delalio, and Kaylin McQuilkin. Thank you also to our audio editor, Spencer Michaels. See you next week for this semester's final edition of The Student Sums It Up.